I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the OG Institute for Advanced Film Snark 2. This is Real Spoilers episode 599. Doing a new release. <laughs> aren't you well aren't you lucky? The tax collector. <laughs> Wait, who's lucky? Nobody. Whoever yeah, got exactly. paid, whoever got paid for being in this movie, I guess, is lucky, but yeah, good for them. But beyond that, <laughs> so uh, anyway, I guess uh, before we get get involved here, let's uh, go around the table and uh, everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Where, or Sorry, Google Play is going away. Google Podcasts. Wherever, oh uh, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. Be sure and uh, rate and review while you're there. You can also subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, find us on the Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers while you're there. Like the page, join the group, and uh, you can become a League of Show Share member by actually sharing an episode. Uh, and people who were kind enough to share an episode last week are Gabriel Lugo, Julianne Jordan, Lane Levanway, Brent Smith, Tammy Sherman Powers, Chris Williams, Chris Magic Man, Glenn Cougar, Mellon Brewer, Aaron Marlowe, Heather Sachs, Ralph Tribble, Ronnie Castle, I think I'm saying that right, uh, Ryan Terry. James Install and Matt Neglia. So thank you very much for sharing an episode, guys. And then, of course, uh, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content and the pride of having helped us out. And we like you a little bit extra. And in case you're wondering uh, what your five bucks goes to, if we sound a little different this week, it's because <laughs> it's because the uh, the computer that we use to record on in the studio uh, completely the bed, and so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my audio probably could sound a little different to you this week. But uh, Patreon people, thank you very much because your money went to help fund the new audio setup that will be arriving hopefully in time for next week's episode. So <laughs> yes, I take a week off and all hell breaks loose. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so hat tip to everyone who uh who is on the patreon thank you very much that's the sort of thing that really helps us out in situations like that so 
Yeah, if, if honestly, if we didn't have the funds from Patreon, it might be one of those things where the show goes on a hiatus and we have to figure things out. And uh, the the equipment totally broke. We've been using the same equipment for a few years. We had upgraded back then. It went out, and like without hesitation, the next day after it went out, we found really you know some good deals. Still trying to conserve as much funds as possible, but found some really good deals on some good equipment. We ordered it, and it will be in hopefully within a week. So that's huge to have that support from you guys, and that you're one of the main reasons we're able to do this show. So seriously, thank you. Yes, yeah, absolutely, much appreciated. So uh, anyway, I guess there's all that. Let's. Uh... Dig into the tax collector. So before we do, you know, I I usually check the reviews to see if there's anything there. Did did anybody else check reviews today by chance? Wait, oh, the iTunes reviews? Yes. Oh, no. Okay, so there's two really good ones, and then we get a two-star one, and I feel like the two-star one is very funny. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so oh yeah, so you told me we had two positive reviews that because we two really good ones, yeah. We haven't checked them. You usually check them because you're more in the iTunes world, and you were going to read those today. Yes. But you're saying there is a third one. I want to lead with the two star, okay? Just because uh, the title is Blue Lagoon, thirty six minutes, and it's from Jordan Peterson, oh. uh, who I assume is part of QAnon at this point. I have no oh, idea. Uh, oh, yeah, so welcome. we got so. So doing that movie, Tom, just as if we I didn't know. give you enough crap already, now you got us a negative <laughs> iTunes review. Thanks what a lot. Say? <laughs> it says, well, <laughs> virtue signaling much, don't protest too much. And I feel like of all of the topics to protest about, uh, child pornography is an okay one to protest well, over. Well, especially when when QAnon's whole thing is like, now is they're hijacking safe They're hijacking children. something, yeah. And, and like, oh my god, what, why is everybody concerned about everything except child <laughs> child abduction and human trafficking and it's like they're trying to create this weird moral equivalency of like i care about this topic so all your topics just mean you don't care about mine and so i win i'm morally superior and then and then as soon because they don't like me because i don't like trump and i don't uh no i don't think anybody does (laughs) well people some people do no people do but uh but i don't and and i say that as a former republican so uh <laughs> but yeah because i was like this movie skeeved me out because they wanted you to think you were looking at a 14 year old girl naked i'm the problem yeah, yeah i'm the, i'm the bad guy <laughs> just to be clear to the person who left that review on the outside chance that you're listening you're a pervy piece of yourself please don't ever listen to this show again jordan peterson i'll call you out by name since you were dumb enough to leave your name in the review uh yeah but wait a minute also okay We've done 599 episodes now, and you're going to leave a review for the entire show based on one episode? I mean, I assume I assume he did not like our take on Rambo as well. Yeah, but they didn't. They probably didn't hand. listen to that. I mean, no, the, probably not. But the point is, 599 he, episodes. This guy, this guy was looking for a review for Blue Lagoon for a positive right, review right. of Blue Lagoon, and I he will couldn't say, even get that. He did say that he thought Twelve Years a Slave was the feel-good comedy of the year. <laughs> But seriously, <laughs> one out of five ninety nine is less than one out of five. So le- that's less than point two percent of our content. How can that's you? That's why uh, that abacus is coming in handy. That was impressive. No, why we entrusted it to him? Yeah, point point one seven percent of of the entire content we've ever produced. Like, right? I, that's the thing with the reviews that are so stupid. Is 
you can leave a rating. You're leaving a rating for the show. And like, it's like when you sell stuff on eBay, you're leaving a review for the seller. You don't go, Oh, I don't like the way that these headphones sound one star or or negative review because it's like the the seller didn't create the headphones. And it's the same here. It's like you disagreed with one review out of 600. The show isn't necessarily two stars because of that. I mean, you, you're supposed to rate a show based on the overall experience of the show. I I heard one episode (laughs) out of their, vast catalog and decided to and you, and you know what i'm proud of it that you didn't you didn't like it right. because we said it was gross that a 14 year old was <laughs> yeah. naked in a movie are you serious yeah. that says more about jordan peterson than it does right. about any of us uh, i agree so that being said i thought that one would get that out of the way yeah uh trash laugh riot bit. laugh riot Except, joe yeah right Thanks. and then the other two are very nice uh th- this one is from double dork meter uh, I feel the folks at Real Spoilers are the group of friends I would have gone to see the latest Marvel film with. Then afterward at Eat Right Diner, who I assume must this guy must local. be from St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Over a cheeseburger and onion rings, we would unpack and analyze the merits and flaws of Danny DeVito as the new Wolverine in Wes Anderson's X-Men reboot, <laughs> which I pray never happens. But well, Danny DeVito was rumored to be. I, I know. Did you ever while. see the Alex Ross picture of him as Alex Ross did a mock up? of Danny DeVito as Wolverine. I don't think I have. I don't think it's, so. It's, it's unnerving. Yeah. But I mean, uh, in and, the comic book, you know, before everybody, Hugh Jackman kind of yeah, right. stole the, I not stole, but like took over the kind of zeitgeist. Is what he looked. The whole thing was Wolverine was like short and kind of like five, four. Cause he didn't have to work out or be ripped because it all just happened naturally. He didn't have to do anything. So. He was built like a fire hydrant. Yeah. I could <laughs> be Wolverine. Well, all right. I, according to comic, the, if you were gonna based <laughs> on what the original comic books say Wolverine looks like, I look closer to Wolverine than Hugh Jack. Oh, then that's true. That's yeah. fair. Hugh Jack, and now and now, and now comic book Wolverine. Yeah, right. <laughs> like let's not let's not pull any punches here. Hugh Jackman looks way better, but <laughs> I look more like what Wolverine should look like: short, fat, hairy. Uh, and now uh, he looks like Hugh Jackman. Like he does not look like that in the comics anymore. He looks like oh. Hugh Jackman in the comics. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then this last one comes from Happy Little Cloud. Uh, this podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. That's the name of this one. Uh, this podcast is so entertaining. The hosts of this show are so great that it doesn't matter what movie they're talking about. It will always be good. I'm so happy they have continued to produce episodes, even with the lack of new releases. Well, you're in luck, Little Cloud, because today sucks. Uh, <laughs> I will say I miss the box office episodes because they usually lend to lots of random tangents, which I love. And you're in luck because today we have a Kevin. Oh, box office report. There we yeah. go. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't. I was. I was doing some research and I wasn't uh, ready to interject <laughs> in the middle of the review. My bad. <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on. Pause for editing. Pause. A box office report. There Woo! we go. <laughs> so that was it. Two, two, uh, two solid reviews, and then that scumbag. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, I mean, it doesn't. It's not like I mean, whatever. They're just reviews. We're not. Here's the up, thing. But... Our our, re- our our negative reviews are the ones that are just like, oh, they didn't like Rambo. Our, yeah. They didn't like the child porn movie. They almost <laughs> why don't had to watch. why are why do they hate racism and child pornography? <laughs> like that's those are the review the bad reviews. If I, I'll take those. Those uh, are those yeah. are fine. I wear yeah. your scorn like a badge. Of <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. Well, thank you. I'm glad Joe's monitoring those too, because again, like I every I've, once in a while, yeah. I haven't kept up on the iTunes reviews, uh, just because you know we're not usually looking at the iTunes program. But Joe with his handy dandy iPhone, that's why we uh, that's well, why we don't let him switch to the the Android system. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to work it anyway, honestly, <laughs> at, at this point. 
So, uh, so there is a box office. Um, well, allegedly, um, so there is a box office, which is interesting that, uh, you know, because of all the drive-in theaters that open and there is a, there are a small amount of actual, uh, brick and mortar theaters open. We do, and we do have the numbers from last week, but the only problem with this is that I don't know that they're updating them like estimates like they used to. Sure. So we only really have last week's to go on, but that doesn't mean it's not interesting because the tax collector came out last weekend. So we do have its box office. And so it's kind of interesting to see where things are. I think we just go through last week. So this would be for the week ending August 9th. The number one movie last weekend was The Tax Collector with $309,694. It's about what it deserves. So, I mean... That tells you how starved for entertainment people are. (laughs) This thing made $300,000. Oh, boy. The new David Ayer movie. Let's go see that. But that's the thing, though. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and this movie made $309,000 on 129 screens. That's $2,400 per screen, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Sure. You know, it's interesting. It's really to see how when something new comes out with it has some notoriety to it. You know, a director people know, uh, you know, some stars people know. It's just interesting that they'll actually turn up. And so the big question mark will be and uh, is it it next week or two weeks weeks from now is going to be New Mutants is finally going to actually come out. And then three weeks from now is Tenet. So it's obviously in two to three weeks, their situation isn't going to change here. So will people show up? And this is like a mini test where, you know, this movie, this David Ayer and Shia LaBeouf don't have the the star power of Christopher Nolan and then, you know, John David Washington, Robert Pattinson. And, you know, they're, they're not it's not equal, but people turned up for this movie surprisingly with only this, these 129 screens. So uh, it will be interesting. I'm, I'm really curious to see that box office. And also uh, if it doesn't do well, as far as like tenant releasing and if it doesn't oh, make that much money, they've, they've got themselves an out. Are they going to drop it on VOD? They'll move quickly? that thing to VOD so fast. It'll make your head spin. Because be once it's different. out and people know what it's about and there's spoilers, I, they're either forced, the point? they're either forced to, or they're D bags because it's going to get spoiled for everyone. Right. <laughs> or like it could be both, but that's the type of movie where you can't have that spoiled. Like no one knows anything about it. It's going to be weird. Christopher Nolan. And this is cool. Cause we haven't been able to talk about news and rumors. Um, they, in an interview, someone had said when they were on set, it might've been Robert Pattinson, but um, they filmed all the actors, every scene forwards and backwards. Apparently, there's no green screen in this movie. So when they do time reversal stuff, the actors had to rehearse the choreography to do even fight scenes backwards. I mean, Hmm. you know, that's a Christopher Nolan thing. thing. I would say here's (laughs) my thing about Christopher Nolan is I think that dude is a brilliant filmmaker. He's a genius. Without question. I think some of his antics are a little ridiculous, whether they're true or not. I mean, the, the not being allowed to sit on set. Just like, come on, man. Like you just you just had. Are you telling me that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt wasn't allowed to sit after he got tossed around a rotating room? <laughs> like, he ha- I, that's ridiculous. Like, he had, like, you know, that's a, they, that's a very hard scene to film. I think they clarified that that was only for the actors that had a current scene, like in between takes or something, that he wanted to keep the energy up. He doesn't want them to sit down and check their phone and all that, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I guess all, that makes sense. The, all the, still, uh, the casting 
the crew can sit could always sit down and, and i think there are other directors that fan phones on set because they want you i'm pretty sure he's one of them tarantino yeah, bands that phones. also makes sense yeah but it's just you know, know focus on your social media and your instagram like they want you in the moment and they're paying you a lot of money to be there and be in the moment so that seems fair but you know he, right. he makes some excellent films so without question you know his methods may be a little different but then he gets the results and also one of the things that you got to give this guy credit for among other results that he's gotten is the practical effects mm-hmm. this guy does mm-hmm. not use cg or green screen unless he absolutely has to this is the guy that you know they flew a, a plane, a plane from, down or from a helicopter or whatever <laughs> so that they could film the dark knight rises stuff from inside a real plane he turned the city upside down he tu- which he, is just insane right he turned the entire city upside down it was crazy um that's why we're They're living in the dark anyway. we're living in the dark mirror universe right now because christopher <laughs> nolan had to flip everything upside down so we are in hell that's just a little spoiler i mean that alert. that totally works with everything that's going on <laughs> that so, makes sense yeah so it i'm excited more to sense see- than what we've actually got <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Right>. true. <laughs> so i haven't watched any trailers i haven't read anything about tenet except for i did see that excerpt from the interview and i'll tell you that definitely piqued my interest uh having all the actors film every scene in reverse i'm excited to see how that plays out i don't think he would do it unless it looked really good like it's not like they were i don't think they did the scene and he's like all right just try to do that backwards i'm sure they choreographed <laughs> right. that thing Hey, can you, know, you run backwards real quick yeah just try this out uh, so i mean every scene that it sounds intense so i'm excited yeah. to see it but the big question mark will be what will happen that first weekend in box office will people turn up during the pandemic and i mean turn up for a 200 million dollar movie right like not, not a small movie they can't get three hundred thousand. i mean they're gonna have to make millions from this thing yeah um it does in case people haven't heard it does release overseas the weekend before so everyone that's on social media if you can meet those keywords like on yeah. twitter or whatever else <laughs> the n- problem is overseas has already figured out how to not spread covid <laughs> unlike here just like i have no idea that's I can't figure not, it out yeah that's why it's, we can do yeah nothing. <laughs> But yeah, New Zealand's like, uh, we licked this thing like three months ago. We're yeah, literally we're licking good. things again. We're okay. <laughs> well, I think they just got three cases and they're shutting the entire country down. So yeah, that's I'm okay. See, that's so what happens. but the weekend of the 28th, when New Mutants comes out over here, Tenet will be out overseas. So make sure on social media, seriously, mute those Tenet keywords, all that stuff, because this is going to be a movie that you don't want spoiled and you don't want some a-hole that like, uh, you know, like what they used to do when people would walk out of the movie theaters and people would be in line for the next show and they'd start talking about that Darth Vader was Luke's that father. And all that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. People, I mean, I remember I was, I got, I can't remember which movie it was. It might've been a newer star Wars or something, but we were waiting in line for the next showtime and these jerks came out talking about it. And I remember I heard something. I was so pissed. Like, come on. My wife, we were seeing the, force awakens yeah and she was in the bathroom and somebody said the thing <sighs> like the big thing and she she came walking back and just looked completely dejected i was like what's the <laughs> what happened and she's like i know what happens uh, i go well tell me what do you think happens and she says it i was like oh well yeah so, <laughs> that's a thing so you know spoilers are okay when you when you give consent you listen to this show you want the spoilers enthusiastic but, consent Yes. Yeah, right, Wait, right. No, now I got us. I just now we're getting another review. Oh, thanks. A negative Jeez. review because I enjoy Thanks a lot. Great. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> Hot take. So <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll see what ends up with the box office, but it's going to have to be big. Now, the thing is, I'm excited that there's no more delays, though, because the sooner it goes in theaters, the sooner they can release it on VOD. So yeah. at least there's a chance that if you're not going to be able to make it to the theater, it's out there. And I would hope that within 
you know, four to eight weeks, depending on how much money they're making, that they just drop this thing on VOD so people can finally see it. And also, I'm kind of excited for people to stop talking about this thing. <laughs> That's the, it's, yeah. it's what, almost, New Mutants? I agree. It's almost like the Snyder Cut at this point. The Tenet, I mean, they really... The, here's the deal. That movie, Tenet is going to have to be brilliant. It is going to have to be incredible to live up to expectations. Could you imagine if after all the delays and all the talk and the controversy and all that, it's like, okay... <laughs> it's subpar like no it's just okay like oh my gosh it was, it was fine tenet has to make 800 million dollars to break <laughs> even or whatever <laughs> yeah that was all right it was cool i guess what's that it's a musical oh yeah <laughs> oh geez so uh it, anyway last weekend again going back to the box office number two star wars episode five the empire strikes back with one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars on 260 screens it's like sure why not i mean that's a... <laughs> it's I, it's amazing I, I i do think that this shows and it's not a huge amount but it does show that people are really missing the movies that they're showing up for stuff like this and i you know it is fun to see Uh, see okay so that's where i'm going to disagree is i do think people are missing the movies but also it's empire right like that's that is a different beast i feel so like if people were showing up to like i don't know this movie friday the 13th this movie yeah (laughs) this movie the tax or friday the 13th or something like i feel like star wars brings in money based on generations never seeing it on the big screen does that make sense? Yeah, well, Tax Collector made double what Star Wars did last weekend. I mean, so that, that, people are that showing point, up yes, for the, I would you know. Agree. But I feel like Star Wars is just kind of like, especially the original three. And I think like, that's just kind of a different numbers beast. are driven by, by no pun intended, by driving, you know, so it's sure. like, yeah, it's it is the if you're going to go to the movies, it's the safer way to do it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think. I don't, I just I just don't think there's much demand right now. I think I don't think most people want to take the risk. I mean, there are some that don't care, obviously, but uh, I think for the most part, you know, people are going to stay home. That's why the new the big new releases in the next couple of weeks are really going to be the test. And sure. uh, but Tom, you didn't mention AMC is doing their big reopening on August twentieth. <laughs> One hundred theaters across the country will be open, and they will have fifteen cent. Uh, tickets i don't know what you're gonna see i guess i guess empire and the tax collector um 15 cent tickets like i i I did i did like your comment about the uh 1920 hospital prices as well that was good yeah that was very good uh yeah they're gonna uh be showing black panther empire strikes back uh back to the future and ghostbusters i believe okay the new one oh i'm I'm in let's do it 2016 (laughs) no 2020 oh 2021 Yeah, 2021, because we were supposed to get one this year, right? It was supposed to be this year. We were, yeah. Yeah, okay. So anyway, we'll see what ends up happening, but 100 theaters opening there, which I guess is kind of their slow rollout because they've got to have theaters open for New Mutants and then the next week for Tenet. So this what, is... Uh, what a terrible time to release New Mutants. Well, they... Or maybe the best time. Well, the I, last two years. Right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, this thing's been kicked around for years. I think the thought process is they've already written it off. And yeah, then they're already prepared to just dump it onto Disney Plus, and so I think they're like, well, if a, if AMC wants it, have at it, and it's just at this point found money, and if right, and if we're wrong, and there's this huge demand, and all of a sudden this movie makes thirty or forty million dollars that it would not have made in normal times, then that's great, true. and if it makes you know eight hundred thousand, 
it's eight hundred thousand dollars they wouldn't have made if they just dumped it on Disney Plus. So why not? Yeah, I agree. I I I have feelings about releasing things on Disney Plus as like premiere movies. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get into that at some point in this box office. Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking to see if they even have tracking yet, and I think it's so uncertain that I can't even find tracking. I'm really curious to what they think before it happens. You know, what I guess is is there's no tracking because they don't know how. Like, right. they they track based on social media metrics and advanced ticket sales, Mm -hmm. and they have all these things in place, but times are so different. There, there is no way for them to to apply. The sure. methodology that they've developed to the current situation, so tracking just is completely shot. Right, too many variables. Certainly, yeah. uh, number three, the rental. That's Dave Franco's debut. Did anyone uh, pick that up on VOD? No. It's kind of a horror thriller type movie. So, and I heard it was okay, but I haven't checked it out yet. One hundred and forty thousand. Uh, Jurassic Park. There's a movie I can get behind. Uh, not during the <laughs> pandemic, unfortunately, but uh, Jurassic Park in theaters. One hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars on two hundred and thirty-five screens. Number five, Inside Out. One hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Number six, another new release, Peninsula. So, I think that is a uh, that's the sequel to Train to Busan. So, oh, it is. Yeah, people, You're right. People are excited about that. It's a train to Busan presents Peninsula. Uh, I know people are really excited for that one, and so I don't think it's out on VOD yet. But uh, that is in theaters. So uh, made one hundred eighteen thousand dollars on forty eight screens. Number seven, the big. Hold on, before you do that, yeah. you we talked about train to Busan. Did you see the news from Amazon and Blumhouse? Yeah, the eight movies. That's all. Like, what a brilliant idea! Yeah, they're uh, they're releasing eight movies total with this deal. Four of them will be out this October, and they're all connected in a, the same universe. Yeah, which I think is really smart. I don't know. I think it's a cool idea that Blumhouse is like, we got all these movies and we don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Uh, here, you take them. Well, and, and yeah, and the thing is, during the pandemic, the movies that have really thrived, the movies they are releasing uh, in limited theaters and on VOD have been horror and thriller type movies, yeah. and they've been making some money. So those have really it's, been the little, the Blumhouse. It sounds, it sounds like uh, four rooms. Like, it's four movies all under one roof. Like, mm-hmm. that's the tag. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I think it's called, let's see here, uh, Nocturne, Black Box, Evil Eye, and The Lie. And they're all based in the same house. Okay, same house. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I heard they're the same yeah. universe. That's that's cool though. So if you have Amazon Prime, you're going to get four Blumhouse movies included with your subscription, and maybe a foot rub and a bomb pop. Well, that's what Jason Blum gets. I that's believe. true. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> he needs that to make the movies. I mean, it you're doesn't a, take. You're not a producer. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, sorry. Well. I was just trying to get that bomb pop. <laughs> uh, number seven, The Big Ugly was 71000 Number eight, Becky. Is that the... That's the Kevin James horror. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Did you ever see it? Apparently, it's not bad. I haven't seen it yet. I, usually, if I see Kevin James, I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, number, <laughs> I'm good. Number nine was Made in Italy. That's the Liam Neeson movie with his son. Does he fight people in Italy? I don't think so. I think it's a... Then I don't want to see it. <laughs> It's a, it's not an action movie, but it's with his real life son playing his son. So I think that might be kind of interesting to see how. I heard it's it's pretty good. I mean, from for what it is, right? And uh, coming in at number ten, the burnt orange heresy. Is no idea. A, I don't know. It sounds like a political movie. I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 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 burnt orange heresy uh, hired to steal a rare painting from one of the most enigmatic painters of all time an ambitious art dealer becomes consumed by his own greed and insecurity as the operation spins out of control um who mick jagger and uh, uh donald uh, sutherland movie 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Mick Jagger does movies? Yeah, he acts every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, he was in Free Jack, remember? Oh. A million years ago? Well, uh, pardon like, me. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Excusez-moi. <laughs> <laughs> a while. he's british not french so anyway well that's the box office for last weekend so as you can see the numbers are small but i think it's interesting that we look at them now leading up to these big releases so people can catch their bearings and see what we're kind of getting into so we'll see how much they grow if they grow i mean i don't doubt that new mutants just because people are curious that it actually exists and tenant because it's tenant uh what those will end up doing but two two and three weeks i mean it's not long I, I will say I did catch a trailer on accident because I've been watching I've been rewatching Castle Rock because okay. I fell off of it. And I just want to rewatch it. They had a trailer on there of New Mutants and they had the magic is a very cool character. OK. Um, and she has like this very cool sword and giant metal arm. Mm-hmm. And they they spoiled it that she has said sword and metal arm. I was like, oh, dang, that was kinda cool. Well, you don't watch trailers. Dang it. <laughs> well, we'll. But it's still a kind of oh cool. Boy, and your daughter's excited about it too. Apparently. Welcome. To, I mean, this is hopefully in the new house. That won't be a problem. <laughs> Did you build a studio in your house? Uh, it's it's bigger. Yeah, <laughs> and there's I'm further away from people. Nice, very cool. Yeah. I thought you were moving. Why is the background the same? I move. I I, I move uh, into. Well, weeks. he has no stuff. Look, it's empty. It's just he's. Yeah, all of my stuff is off the walls. Everything's yeah. gone. Gotcha. We uh, la- I wasn't here last week because we were. I was putting in flooring in the new ho- in the old house ah. to have it get it ready for sale. Tom told me you were making salsa. Yeah. I- I'm glad that joke came back. That's a good one. That's uh, <laughs> that's a nice callback to uh, yeah some other hosts. So, some someone has to do it. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So that's the box office. Okay. Been a while since we've heard that. So uh, <laughs> I guess let's uh, let's dig into the tax collector. Ugh. This movie's about as exciting as doing your taxes. Dial LaBeouf? I honestly don't know. Is he? Is he? Me- they're me- these are these are Mexican. he better be? Mexican. No, he's no, he's he's not Mexican. So here's the deal with this one. So there's a difference between someone playing a Mexican character who's not Mexican or Spanish or Hispanic or, you know, Latinx or whatever, you know, there's a difference between that and someone who is ingrained in the culture. So David Ayer came out as accent. Yeah. The accent's a little weird. Yeah. But if you live, if you grow up in a neighborhood where in a Spanish neighborhood and you grow up around people, you're going to talk. I mean, there are people like he explained this. David Ayer explains. He writes these movies that he directs. And so, okay. I was like, before you, is he, is he Latino at all? I, I'm guessing he has to be because he. I feel like everything we've seen of his has recently that element, has this, right? This element to it, right? I, I think he has to be. If he's not, then I just don't know. He, he. I guess I don't know if he grew up in Los Angeles and he was ingrained in the culture. I don't know. Um, it says he's American, uh, but I don't know. But again, I don't know <laughs> what his go. perfect. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what his parents and his background is. He is personally American, but you're right. Uh, let's see. Okay. Here's a little early life from the old Wikipedia, which we know is never wrong. (laughs) He was kicked out of his house by his parents as a teenager, and he lived with his cousin in Los Angeles, where his experiences in South Central Los Angeles became the inspiration for many of his films. So I think... I think he he even had influence, and not obviously to the degree of Shia LaBeouf in this movie, but when you live in certain areas of Los Angeles you know, in certain communities, there's a culture like Los Angeles is a certain way of life. And so when this character Shia LaBeouf came up, he was, he was raised in this culture. And so it's not so much that he's playing a Hispanic because David Ayer said he's not, the character is not Mexican. The character is not 
you know, Latino. The character's white. He's. I think that should have been addressed in the movie. Like, I agree. Because from what I'm reading, it says that his mother is Jewish and his father is of Cajun French descent. So I get what you're saying, but like even like in The Godfather, when uh, you know Tom Hagen, who was Irish, they address the fact that like this is a kid that they kind of adopted and took in, and yes, he's Irish but he still gets to be involved in the family business. And he is Irish. But there's a cap at how high he can go. Correct. Because he's not Italian. And yeah. if, if you're going to put Shia LaBeouf in a movie about Mexican gangs and then have him adopt a Mexican accent, then you need to address the fact as to whether or not this character is supposed to be Mexican and not just talk about it in an interview. Like, it needs to be. And if, and if he is Mexican cast a mexican or latino actor yeah you know and, like and i get I, when like, he starts when he starts talking i was like yeah that's in this in 2020 like that's not a good idea and because i mean i i think kevin makes a valid point there are people that grow up in certain worlds that 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 talk in accents mm-hmm. effects that aren't necessarily their own cultural heritage but then i think the film needs to address that when like like literally every other character except for the 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 crypts that they deal with is is Mexican. I, I then I the implication is he's Mexican unless you tell us otherwise. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I get that they're they're could it have been addressed in a different way? Could could that have been a plot point? Yes, it could have, and that definitely could help clarify things. But you know, at least at least if you are looking for an answer, the director has come out and said it. Um, So here on July 1st, someone asked David Ayer on Twitter, Hey, really important question. I think should you, you should answer publicly in 2020 to Tom's point is Shia LaBeouf playing a Latino character in tax collector. If so, why didn't you cast a Latin actor? And David Ayer responded, really important answer. Shia is playing a white boy who grew up in the hood. This is a Jewish dude playing a white character. Also the only white dude in the movie. So he's, I mean, the answers are there, and yes, it could have been addressed, but he's also not doing brown face. Shia is a white kid that grew up in the this Mexican cartel culture, so he's, you know, if you're around everybody else, like you said, you're going to pick up on slang. You're going to talk like them. He wouldn't fit in if he didn't. Shouldn't have to go to Twitter to find that out. Yeah. Uh, if, if you go back and rewatch End of Watch. Well, you can also find it on your own too but if you doubt it then you can find it find it on my own it should be it should be in the movie your movie shouldn't come with homework i like i sat down to watch a movie and if you have a reason as to why this guy isn't supposed to be mexican then i think then i think you need to talk about it in in your film Yeah. yeah i mean i mean like you bring up the godfather and they address it you know they they say why tom is it why he's why he's even in meetings and they say you know well he's part of the family but he only you know doesn't go so far i think of end of watch and jake gyllenhaal in that movie does also have uh a bit of a street street accent mm-hmm. to him if you go back and rewatch that it, he sounds uh like he he grew up in like a hood uh and i just find it interesting that david Ayer has gone back to that well again with another white actor. It's just, I, I don't know. I feel like he is end of watch is a brilliant movie. That's his best movie. End of watch is, is a great it's movie. Great. Uh, we, we've talked about suicide squad. I think fury is also a pretty good movie. Um, and then there, it's just, he, he, I feel like at this point he is trying so hard to be cool. 
mm-hmm. and it's not working. Like there's just some, he, he just doesn't have it. The, uh, we talk about movie jail. He needs to go into movie jail pronto. Bright, <laughs> Bright was the other one like for Netflix. That was him. I just don't, I don't get it anymore with him. Yeah. And I, maybe that maybe his style worked for, end, you know, when end of watch came out, what was that? 2000. Seven, oh God, 2009? Training Day is such a brilliant movie. But you... Okay, so here's the thing about Training Day, is you have Denzel Washington. That movie well, sure. lives and breathes with Yeah, him. but Denzel Washington has to read your script, and David Ayer's right. scripts have not been Training Day since... I mean, again, End of Correct. Watch was good. I'm not saying he's not done anything, but my point is, you know, Fury, I think I everyone... I think Shia LaBeouf can give a performance of Denzel Washington caliber. I think he's a really good actor. Yeah, I think no. he's the best part of this movie. I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, I don't get used to him. Great on a curve. Well, he's into it pretty deep. Yeah, it's he's time. not the main character, but he's still in a lot of the yeah. movie. And, and you know, I mean, I, mean, yeah. I, I like Shia. I mean, there's no I mean, that's no secret. I think he's a great actor. I, his career has been on fire the last year. He's done some really, really great roles. And I've, I've liked him for a long time. But this has really been his renaissance. He's supposedly cleaned up his life. You know, he's he's sober now. And, and he's is this the movie he got the tattoo for? Allegedly. I'm, I want to question that because you don't really ever see it except for in photo <laughs> shoots to promote <laughs> the movie. And so I wonder if that's a like a some kind of Andy Kaufman-esque, you know. Is, did, did the, have you seen the picture of the tattoo? Tom, yeah. So, so Tom's seen the movie and he doesn't know what we're talking about. Well, I mean, he had a pretty big tattoo. In the, I mean, spoiler: when we when yeah. we kill him, right? Can, but that's the only time, and then it's like on a cell phone video, so right. uh, you don't ever really see it. But in photo shoots to promote the movie, you see him with his shirt off, and I mean, it's a really cool photo of him, black and white. And you see this huge chest piece that he has, and then allegedly the story came out that because Shia is one of those actors where, like Fury, he pulled a tooth, right? He pulled his own tooth out. He does that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and in this movie, allegedly, he got that huge chest piece for real for this movie. But then you don't see it the entire movie except for shot. I think he's just saying it because then he can uh, write it off his taxes. <laughs> oh, you think he wanted a huge chess piece and then he said, oh, I got this right. movie. Like, oh, and that, oh, they're how much? Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to do it in this movie oh. and now it's tax deductible. That's an interesting <laughs> concept. Okay. Uh, I win. No, no, no. But anyway, so – to your point, I get it, and I think that's an. Int- I think it's a fair question. Why wasn't it addressed? But for the record, at least from the director, uh, Shia is a white kid that grew up in uh, the hood, is what he says. So okay, okay, yeah, I, it's this movie sucks, <laughs> and like <laughs> it's just. I don't I, think this movie's as bad as what people are giving it crap for, but I think it's aggressively mediocre. I think it's slow. It, I think that. It's not. It's so boring. There's an air about this movie, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Oh, an air. Yeah, that I feel like this movie, and I think this is what people are responding to. This, and I don't, I can't put my finger on it. This movie is made in such a way that seems to say that it thinks it's a really good movie. Yes. Right. And like, yes, like it thinks it's it's telling you this fascinating story. And it thinks that it has something really profound to say, and it really ultimately doesn't. So instead of being able to enjoy it as just this kind of down and dirty movie about the criminal underworld, instead it it thinks it's this really smart, profound thing. It thinks it's important. Yeah. Right. So the more it kind of does that, uh, you know, the more you're just kind of like, but you're not just. 
<laughs> just just be people killing each other over coke and over cool. money. There's there's one very cool scene in the this speed movie. up slow down. That's about the, it. Like I was like, did Zack Snyder do second unit on this movie <laughs> while he was away from Justice League? Um, it comes so deep in the movie that you're just like, we're doing we're doing that. Well, I know like, it's yeah, the last. It's, it's a very tonal. It's shift. a third act, think, and you're like, oh, a cool I action. I would say honestly, I thought the coolest scene in the movie was when they were communicating via sign language. So that, that was very cool. Couldn't be heard on wiretap. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I, did like I that. thought that was really cool. But yeah, at the end of the day, it really felt. I I don't think this movie deserves the crap that it got. And I also agree with what you're saying that it feels like it's a really big important movie. And it is, I think, just a mediocre middle of the road movie. It's not that bad, but it's also a story that we've seen a million times. It's just it, it felt very by numbers, right? The first mm-hmm. forty minutes of this movie is just them driving around. Nothing going, happened. Collecting you money. Got money? No, you don't. Okay. What about you? <laughs> you got money? We're really tough. Do you have money? You don't. Okay. We'll but do now this, so this is the equivalent. I, you, because you guys have seen a lot of the mobster movies. This is like the equivalent of the mob taking like a uh, protection money or something, right? Is That's that, exactly what this okay. is. Yes, they're they they. So Art David the drop and... like David uh, James Gandolfini's one of his last movies, right? Wasn't that when yeah. he was going around collecting yeah. drops for? Uh, right. Was it him or was it? Was I thought that, that was Gandalf. Tom Hardy was what, going wasn't that a Gandalfini right? movie though? They were it was Tom Hardy and yeah, him. they were doing drops yeah. and it was all the protection money from all the yeah. right. So the uh, David and Creeper, who is Shia LaBeouf, they're their job like they are tax collectors. Technically, the head of this family, and what they do is they have to go to each individual thing, whether you're selling drugs, whether you're prostituting, whether no matter what you're doing, this family gets a cut. So they're these two guys. Who it's I mean they're middle management basically right. <laughs> like there's there's nothing cool about being middle management in the mob, <laughs> um, so they go to each each spot and collect cash and like you said the first forty to forty five minutes is them like going from spot to spot you got your money no okay I'm like well if they say no you crack them in the leg right you're supposed like, to be so <laughs> tough and every time someone tells you no you leave. you're like okay well, cuz he's the because the thing is David is this uh tax collector with the heart of gold right so it's like that's not how that I works i know but that's the thing so he's he's now the main collector for this organization and i hated that I hated yeah i do too that. like it's i don't i don't mind him being like i don't mind him being middle management mobster but it's like show me how that he wants to move up the ranks or show me that he's got any sort of drive but how, besides doing the right thing which by the way you're a gangster right you're not supposed to do the right you know okay i'll give you the kid with the leukemia but that's the main Fine. that's the main I'll one though like one. He, they well there's that one in the in the bloods like, well but they have, goes, but i get that they want to keep the peace that's different this is you know that that was a personal issue and i i get that but the the leukemia thing is the one that's like yeah, the guy. Everyone can make up excuses, but they stole twenty thousand from the organization. Yeah. Okay. So in in the in the Godfather, you never see that guy again. Right. Yeah. I mean, like that guy's dead. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> they don't care, you know. And like, I get that you're trying to establish. One of the things that we've talked about a billion times is like you with mobster movies, gang movies, what whatever. You have to be able to root for the bad guy, and they. But that's because their characters are like. Joe Pesci's a terrible person in Casino and Goodfellas, but he's so flippin' charismatic. You're like, uh, okay, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, right? This guy is 
I've used the term suckhole of charisma. This guy's just as that, bad. Is that Bobby Soto, the main character you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, he is, he is boring as F. I, I feel like their thought process was, if we make him super religious and a family man, then therefore he's good. And you'll vote right. for him. Yeah, the and whole family but, thing in the beginning that's like... But the problem was... I feel like this guy belongs in a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, like yeah, I know with all the things about The family, yeah. <laughs> but uh, at least it was actually his family. But um, <laughs> but the problem with that, though, is that if you're going to make this guy super religious, it doesn't make me like him more. It makes me like him less because now he's a hypocrite, right? Like at least right. Shia LaBeouf's character knows what he is, and he lives in that world, and he follows the rules of that world, where this guy is like going off, killing people, busting heads, selling drugs, and then goes home and says, oh, but I believe in Jesus, so I'm good. Like, right. no, you're not. Like, like so – Honestly, the interesting movie to me is explore that dichotomy of how is this guy going home and convincing himself that because he believes in Jesus and loves his daughters, he's okay. He's what he's doing is okay. So a little background on this character. So he is like, like Joe said, the middleman. Uh, he works for Wizard, who is in jail, but he's the head of this crime family. And so this guy uh, is is has now taken over as the tax collector. His uncle used to do it, and so we learn from other characters in the movie. The only reason he has this job is because uncle used to do it, and then he retired, got too old for it, whatever. So he just now does. I don't know. He works at a body shop or whatnot. Maybe he's still doing illegal stuff, but he's not on he the streets. Fire from gangs yeah that's not a thing either you don't well, i don't think i think he's still in it because he's still out there trying to like convince people of stuff but i mean he's not tax collecting anymore he right. and that's george he's Lopez, more right? of a he's more of a mob consultant yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah so that you mean a consigliere yeah so you can so this yeah. david character has landed this position and so i also think it would have been interesting to explore the fact that he doesn't want to do it but he was forced into a life of crime because of his family that's a more interesting story. But yet right. they say you're only in this position because you're family, but he seems totally cool with wanting to do it, but then he doesn't do it right. He doesn't enforce anything. He doesn't, you know, he acts tough, but then he never ends up, we don't see him really pulling the trigger, really doing anything. So it's just I a weird... Know, man. He did some Taekwondo. That was... Yeah. No, he, it was that was jujitsu. Sorry. And he did it poorly. <laughs> I know nothing about... Are you talking sport. about Chekhov's jujitsu? Yeah. yeah. Here's... The, so, okay. So, the, the main crux of this story is he does his collection, and he comes up 20 grand short. Uh, uh, and his... his So... Do you think what the, I'm thinking? His, the 20 grand short thing? No. They spend 45 minutes in this movie about how he's 20 grand short and, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And Oh, the, oh, and I think I know where we're third going. third act, he yeah. goes in his backyard and <laughs> unburies $1.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> well, even even his Never wife says, up. she's like, we always keep some, like, backed up. And that's on top for of this the exact thing. Yeah. Right. That was what she's been holding back. So it's like, and I was like, so why, why is this a thing? We- why, if you're, why or what? So the first forty-five minutes of the movie are just a complete exercise in futility. Now, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think that's necessarily true because the first forty-five minutes is exposition. I'm not saying it's good, but the, you're trying to understand the characters, how it works, all this stuff, and then the twenty grand thing. I get that he has his savings from his entire time in the criminal organization. No, no, no. Okay, so what the, he he says later that he and Creeper. Okay. 
knocked over an armored sure. car, and that was like their nest. Sure, it still is retirement if you're, if or you're, whatever. If you're gonna if you're gonna let this dude who was already shady as f from the beginning of this movie walk with twenty grand, you got to take twenty grand out of your stash right. and make up. But for the whole it. movie wasn't. Like but the whole movie wasn't about trying to get that twenty grand. That's my point. It's not that. It's not that. the The whole point is I, that twenty grand is still a lot of money, and they had to take it out of their personal money, and they need to get that back because that's still a lot of money. It does. He yeah, wasn't. If he wasn't prepared to do what he needed to do to get the twenty grand out of the guy, and he was going to let him slide, then he knows that that money's got to come out of his cut. So I'm just saying that this is a this is a non-existent problem like he he this was a big manufactured problem that made no sense yeah that had it that had a very simple solution <laughs> that you know like if, if he if he believed this guy's story and he felt this bad and he knew the guy and he felt the guy honestly didn't have the money and he was gonna let him slide then he he's he knows that he's got to go he's on the hook for the 20 yeah. grand and you know how we know we know he knows because he gives the speech like five times so like the speech is if you don't have the money you go get the money from yourself and and so 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 now once again we see that this guy doesn't follow his own rules but he's the good guy like i just yeah it's i don't think that's the point they were trying to make i think it's the i think it was just lazy writing it's bad writing is what it comes down to and the the dialogue isn't that interesting i i again i think the best part are shia labeouf's dialogue like when he's showing him the pictures of all the girls he's sleeping with on the phone and then he's like and then he's like oh you want to see one with a carrot in her ass and then and then he was like no and then and then david goes he goes dude you need jesus and he goes i need more carrots (laughs) i mean (laughs) that's a good line i laughed (laughs) for me like i still think my favorite scene is when they're talking when they're using sign language to avoid being wiretapped. Mm-hmm. And so when the highlight of the movie is when everyone <laughs> stops talking, that's probably not a good uh, That's when I get to read <laughs> subtitles. Eh, we're doing all right. So, so anyway, so fast forwarding through. So they do all their collection stuff. And then uh, one day we'll talk about the, the bloods. And so there's a guy that he finds beat up. He's called in that uh, the, his gang has one of the members of the bloods tied up because he is sexting their gang no he was hooking up with he was hooking well, up they with, found that uh, he was sexting though on his phone that's how they found out that he's sexting the david's crew's guy's woman or whatever a, a dude in david's yeah. crew his girl this girlfriend was cheating on a dude in the crew with this blood so they so and, they uh, went and bypassed the agreement i mean they're they're cool with one another because they do business. There's lots of, you know, they, they bring them the drugs and they pay them money and they, whatever they've got an agreement and now they've made it personal and they kidnap one of their guys and they're beating the crap out of them. And David's like, we can't have this. You need to clean them up and give them back. And then they also say the guy who's getting cheated on, he's like, you gotta, yeah. They're like, don't blame the girl. Like the, you know, the girl doesn't whatever, but like blame, blame your dude for not keeping him, keeping his gal in check. And they were like, okay, you're right. So they take him back and like like I don't know. This is another scene where it was very weird and it just didn't feel right where they they take the guy back and David's like, "We're sorry. We beat up your dude. Uh here here you go." And they're like, "Yeah, we're cool now." And well, I was like, "Well, the leader of the Bloods, they have history that they say in the movie, so there is already an understanding. If they had not known each other, I think it would have busted out into a turf war type thing." But the leader's yeah. like, "What's up? You know, what what is the deal here?" And David says, 
it was a personal personal beef but we squashed it like the guy's been taken care of he david told his gang to beat the crap out of the guy that was getting cheated on because he made the decision to you know bypass the good of the crew and to beat the crap out of this guy and uh, which could screw things up for all of them so they they cleaned the guy up he's like i took care of it here he is and then the the leader of the bloods is like let's let's make this about business. I want to forget about all this ever happened. Let's go back to the way things are. So you're getting this understanding that the only reason this would even slide is because they know each other and they've helped each other in the past, which will again come into play in the future. Yeah. Chekhov's, uh, agreement. <laughs> Chekhov's agreement. It's like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, I wonder, I wonder if the, if this gang is going to come back and no, just later in scene. the movie. Yeah, that's all. So the big deal is the, the count is short and then, he goes to this guy. Okay, so two things about this guy. So apparent, which guy? The the tweaker yeah, guy. Yeah. So the yeah the deal is there's two scenes with him. One is the terrible exposition scene. I could not stand this writing <laughs> to where David has to explain the way the world works to this guy. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> exposition for the audience, but he's like, this is how it works. You take the, ev- we're tax collectors and we take a percentage of everything, <laughs> no matter how big or how small. There's a, there's a long dramatic pause. David takes off his sunglasses and says, we're tax. Collectors. Yeah. It's, it's like, just so oh you can hear my gosh, movie. it's so bad. Like we make this complaint all the time. And I know, and especially Tom has phrased it really well. It's like, show us, show us right. what you do. Yeah. Don't sit there and yeah. tell us. So when you've got, Characters. Well, and that's not my thing. That's what they—that's what they teach you in creative writing classes. Like, no, totally, shows. totally. Yeah, like. But I just—I didn't want to—I uh, didn't want to uh, plagiarize. I mean, because you'd said it recently, yeah. like show us how the world works. And so they just stop, and David has to give this speech. And then Shia's character, even afterwards, like, how many times have you given that speech? And he's like, a lot. <laughs> but he's got this whole thing rehearsed, <laughs> and that was their way of being like, oh, this isn't lazy exposition. This is the character's speech he gives, but. Yeah. <laughs> it was very lazy. Yeah. So he yeah. just told this guy how things work, and then fast forward to where the scene is, where we are now. They've gone around all day for forty-five minutes collecting all these drops, and they are twenty thousand dollars short. His, uh, David's wife loans them the money out of their personal stash. Well, she also says she says it it came it it's short from well, this sure, guy. Sure, and and David's like, come right. on, like of all the and I, I just feel like. It's the new guy. Of course he's 20. What do you mean? Why are you shocked that the the new guy that could barely, you know, not pee down his leg when he's talking to you is 20 grand short? But it's like that. But I, the new guy who about peed himself when you gave this speech, he should probably count his money pretty carefully. Like, I also get, I, I also get how it's like, are you kidding me? But also we're like, oh, he stole yeah. it. No, so, so he, so, right. Bold so this is where now he, Dave and Creeper have to go track him down and we get, why is the new guy doing so much business that he owes that he's 20 grand, sh- 20 grand. That's a lot of and money. That, and well, so no, he he's the new, the he, he took over cause oh. their guy died. He's not a new oh, guy. That's right. He's that guy's that guy's brother. That guy's brother oh, did. He's die. the new like middleman or whatever. Not yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, he's the middle. He's the lower middleman. Yeah. So so he yeah. So he. That's like working for Amazon. <laughs> David upper lower middleman. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. David and Creeper go there, and they've you know Creeper's got a gun in his mouth, and he's like, "Why would you do that?" And he says his daughter has leukemia, which Joe mentioned earlier, and they say prove it, and he's showing pictures on his phone, and this is where David the the 
gang member with a heart of gold. He's like, let's go, Creeper. And, and he's like, seriously? And even, Cre- even Creeper's like, this is a terrible right. idea. And, and, and what are you so doing? they leave, and the guy's like, oh, my God, thank God. And you see the camera pans down, and they were the money was in the freezer, and he leaves, and you don't see if he like let him live and took the money, but then the camera pans down, and he's still holding the money, the, the guy that stole it. So he gave it to him for his daughter. And then this is where, in the car, Creeper's like, you can't do this. Like, what are you doing? And which, you know, makes sense. That's what we're saying. Like you have to, how, what kind of message does that send that these guys? So here, this is, this is what, this is what I think he was going for. Right. So in the Godfather, and we're only referring to that because that is probably the, this is the best movie since the Godfather. I get it. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) right. But there is a degree of respect and admiration because what, what the mob used to do is they would protect the neighborhood. Right. Like that was that you're paying. Yes, you're paying them for protection, but that protection money keeps people from robbing your stores Mm -hmm. or from stealing from you. So like there was a degree of respect and admiration that goes along with that. And I feel like they were trying to get that across here, but it just was done so poorly. That's why Los Angeles is such a safe neighborhood. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, the streets of New York probably weren't the safest either. But I but but I bet you but the streets of New York. And the aggregate, no, but like they were these your neighborhood or your neighborhood, block. You know, yeah. a couple block. You know what I mean? Like the, it was, it's, it was much more localized. I'm not trying to be pro mafia, but you know, but, <laughs> but like, oh Christ, here comes another review. The services that they offered, um, putting air quotes around that. I mean, you know, was for you know a very specific neighborhood, and and for you know the neighborhood that was largely Italian, and so like yeah, you, in that community. To some degree, that that it was a protect your own kind of that thing. worked, you know, and, right? But um, but yeah, in, in Los Angeles, like that's I, also I mean, I like it's... also my favorite part of this movie is that uh, these are Los Angeles gangs, and every one of them seems to have Florida license plates. <laughs> I saw that on his car, and I was like, they are tax the collectors, so I guess they know how to avoid personal property tax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no income tax in the state of Florida. It's genius, really. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and, and I yeah, know that a... that's true because David Ayers tweeted about it on his Snapchat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, you have to follow on his, on his right before his TikTok yeah. got right. shut you, down. He told you have us. to follow all the social media, Tom, to get all the information <laughs> about these movies. It's a new world out there. So, so now they go and uh, they get a call that there's there's this huge uh, tax that they're supposed to collect from these this guy that they're familiar with and apparent and we come to find out they go over to this this gang that works for them you know one of the smaller gangs and they talk to a guy that david's uncle george lopez killed this guy's dad so they've got a beef here but of course david's higher up in the rank so he's has this say over him or whatever you know he's in control now and and the guy's like you only got this position because of your dad blah 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 uh and so he's like yeah just give me the money and so this guy pulls out this money and puts it on the table, and he says, "It's not for you." And they're like, "And here like, comes here comes the new yeah." New bad like, what guy. the hell? And so this guy Conejo comes out of the you know out of the shadows and is does one of these things like you're you know this is my turf now or whatever you're, you know you're done so yeah. And so that's this is the conflict in the movie. This is the real conflict is there's another rival gang coming in saying that we're gonna so here okay so here's the thing is when in the godfather when other families like attacked Mm -hmm. you like they attacked 
This one, they're like, this guy's coming to get us. But then they don't like th- something happens, but it doesn't happen until three fourths of the way through the like what towards the very end. So like when uh, the families at the when the families attack the Corleones, right? Like they kill immediately. They kill Sonny and they kill all the Sonny's dudes and then they go after they're just they're going after everybody immediately. This one they wait. They wait until this guy is the, giving them a chance to join under the operation. He wants them because they're good. But then why did he let they sh- Creeper and the other dude should David David should have never got out of that meeting alive when they had yep. meeting in the in the bar and and he's like you should come work for me and they get up and walk out. They should they. I feel like that was it. They would have been. Killed well, I think because right they were in public, or else they would have. That's why they were in public. They were in some like seedy little like back door thing. Well, they, of a club they, were... they probably ran. Yeah, I mean that. You know? Yeah, that's the only thing I could figure though is there were a lot of people in that club, and so they maybe like the Continental. They don't do business there. They're not killing people in this club if it's the head of their operations or whatever. Like they don't the want Continental's not real. So, like, if they don't want heat coming down on them, they don't want people. Did anybody check David Iyer's MySpace page to see if there's any, <laughs> any information on? This? But to give him credit, though, once they turn it down, yes, they let them leave. But I think again, they were in this club with a lot of people, and right after that, it was. I mean, they started killing everyone. So it's not like okay, they they had to know that there was a chance they would say no. Then why did they hold the meeting in a club where they couldn't kill them? If they said. No? <laughs> Like that, I mean, Tom, it's it's a valid point. I mean, Sonny's killed in a turnpike. Like that's, right. Yeah. So you know, back to your presuming or you're saying that this is a well written movie. Oh, we know it's not we well it's written. Not. We're well aware. Yeah. Why yeah. we're being this mean to it? Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's it's yeah. No, it, it again, it's not great. Uh, I didn't think it was awful, but at the end of the day, again, we've seen it before and we've seen it done better. So, so this guy, like like you guys said, I mean, just jumping past it, he he basically says we're taking over. You know, wizard and you guys, your gang is a thing of the past. We're the future, and so we're gonna start taking all this money, and you can come work for me. And David is like. No, I'm well at this. Well, at this point, actually, didn't uh, George Lopez want to talk to him? Right. Cause... So they have like a, a, a the birthday party for David's daughter and then they they give David's daughter like a massive amount of cash. Um, and then and then the the uncle says, we're going to go talk because David, then... David, after their first meeting with this guy, he goes to his uncle george lopez and he says yes hey do you know this guy conejo and he says yeah he uh he had beef with wizard but then he was fearing for his life so he went down to mexico for like 10 years and he, we haven't seen him since so now he's coming back because wizards in jail well, he's back so this is the you know since he feels safe to come back since wizard is locked up he's going to come and take over the organization and that's why he's doing everything that he's doing and so george lopez is like i'll go talk to him as soon as he did that i turned to i was like well that's it for george yeah lopez. I, I turned to katie we watched this movie i'm like yeah george lopez is not gonna do anything george george lopez filmed for about a day yeah and got out but of he's he he did yeah so at the at the party like he's approached by uh the bad guy's girl so there's a female who's like the female creeper creeper basically He's like, that's a female you. Yeah. It's a creeper. <laughs> Which is a good lot. Like, there's there's bits yeah. and pieces, but it's just so few and far between. Yeah. Uh, so they then he goes to a second meeting with the bad guy, and he says, you know, they're going back and forth. And this is the reveal that they've they've killed 
George Lopez because they've got his head in a cooler. So so the bad guy that I was talking about that put the money on the table and said, this isn't yours, and then Conejo comes out, that guy's name is Venom. And Venom, remember, uh, David's uncle, George Lopez, killed Venom's dad. Mm-hmm. And so now that Venom has pledged his loyalty to Conejo, Conejo has taken out George Lopez as a... Literally, you know, like as chopped a, his head off. To, yeah, to... Uh, whatever to make up for the fact right. that he killed his dad so that's why it's in a cooler but you know david's now forced with decision do i submit to this guy who just killed my uncle or do i try to fight him and so wouldn't it make he... sense we, like we know wizard has a cell phone like to mm-hmm. make a phone call be like hey but what we, do you want me to do but wizard won't talk to him and we don't know why joe but uh I mean, did anyone not see this coming from a mile away? Oh, the the quote unquote turn where it's like, the oh, reveal. by the way, I did this to you. I mean, way back when the count is short, uh, the wife gets a phone call and it's Wizard from jail, and he Wizard says, "Let me talk to him," and she gives the phone to David, and the guy won't talk to him. And then, like two scenes later, he's talking to Creeper, someone, and he's like, "Yeah, my dad won't talk to me." Like as two separate <laughs> yeah. items. And you're just like, oh, well, okay. he's in this position of power. Why would he be in charge? He hasn't proven that he can do anything. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, Wizards is dad. And yes. so it like by the end of the movie, spoilers, but it's this huge reveal like, I'm proud of you, son. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like Wizards set this whole thing up, right? Uh, That's the way I interpret it is that he set this play in motion to see what his son could do. Well, I think that he needed conejo to be taken out i don't think that i mean he, i don't think he hired conejo or anything i mean oh, i think he did what but he i think i think this is all a plan from 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 jail to get his son to be just like him right is that really the big like, that's what he says think? that's what i thought it was i wasn't sure i just took it as though he was like i'm sorry you had to do this but you did it for for us for the the family the organization family and you know i'm sorry but i'm proud of you i didn't think of it as like because Conejo was an enemy. He fled to Mexico for 10 years. Like, why would he, Wizard call Conejo? I, I don't know. I don't that just know. didn't. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, we set the whole thing up. Like, that, that's that was interesting. Big... But the way it's written, it is one of those things like, I had to do what I had to do for you, son. It was right. for the I had, good. I had like, to make you a stronger yeah. leader. I so I killed saying. your wife. <laughs> and at, at first. It's a boy. It's a boy named Sue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get how it could come off that way, and I that's how I interpret it, like, during that conversation. But then I'm like, no, but wait, there's this whole beef, and this guy killed this guy, and he was running away. Like, I just can't imagine he called him up, like, wizards in jail, like, hey, Conejo, yeah, remember, like, when you tried to take over my organization, killed all my people? Well, I'm in jail now, and my son's kind of a <laughs> so can you come up here and start killing all my can people? Can you start wreaking havoc and destroying yeah. my business? Like, if that is, the like, if this movie really was written in that way... That's even worse than I thought. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't. Here's the thing: is we we you know we talk about the the Snyder cut and the, the. At this point, I was like, well, I mean, it couldn't be any worse. <laughs> I as we're as we're talking about this, I was like, I wonder, like, I wonder what that cut of Suicide Squad is. The air cut. Yes, and if I'm Warner Brothers, I've got it. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. It can't get any worse. That's my philosophy, it's, it's right? Not it couldn't get any worse. That movie is so bad. Like here, that is one of the worst. That movie's aggressively bad. It is so <laughs> bad, and we know David Ayer can make a good movie. Now I know the last couple haven't really sung the high praises of that, but we no, know. So he. So what? So there was Suicide Squad, right? Like that was the. And then he did Fury, right. which was okay. But he did Fury after Suicide Squad, which was good. 
I think we all enjoyed that one. There's a review somewhere. Yeah. Fury is after Suicide Squad? Fury was after Suicide Squad. That's the tank one, right? Yeah. I didn't realize and that then, was after. Okay. It is after. It is. Sure? Because, yeah, because uh, we were just like, oh, boy, another David Ayer movie. And they're like, oh. No, nope, Fury was, was 2014. Suicide Squad was yeah. 2016. Really? So, see, he did Suicide yeah. Squad. Okay, then he's then he needs to be put in movie jail. Right. Suicide Squad, Bright, and the Tax Collector. That's then he. That's it. Your probation has been revoked. You are going straight to the DOC. Like, <laughs> see, that's it. You're going to movie so, jail. So that's the thing. We know that he can make some good movies because he's written some really good movies, and he's directed a couple of good movies. So it's in there. Suicide Squad is horrible, so it couldn't be any worse. That's why I'm like, okay, give this guy a chance to make his movie similar to the Zack Snyder thing uh which Justice League was so bad and if that was because of all you know him having to leave and Whedon coming in and trying to make it funny like I'll give Zack Snyder I mean I'll give him that five hours or whatever his TV series thing is going to be whatever this Snyder cut is I'll give it a chance because I would like to see what his vision is I'd like to see if it actually was better and it almost has to be, I feel like. So same with air. Like I don't, they don't have any plans right now. But if they do release an air cut, sure. I like, guarantee you. Let's I see. Guarantee you. Dep- I, and we don't know how they track things on streaming services. We just go like Netflix is like yeah. this movie is really popular. We're like, okay, if you say so. I think it depends uh, on the Snyder cut. That's their big investment. That's, that's the big thing. They gave but, him what you know. twenty million or something. They gave him a lot. Twenty of... million to finish up the the visual effects. So if that gets people to sign up for HBO Max, and if that you know gets them a lot of views, and they've already got this air cut. I mean, the footage is in the can, and maybe they give him a few million to finish it or whatever. But you know, it's different because Snyder had to leave they halfway bring in through. Joss Whedon to finish right, the right. Air's cut. But it's different because Air did film all the stuff he wanted. They just edited it differently. So. Right. If they can get him back in, pay him a few million, whatever, to finish it, they've got a more finished product even than the Snyder Cut. And you're right. I think why wouldn't they drop it? And I'll give it a chance. But, yeah, it's... It's aggressively bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not good. So, anyway, back into this one. So, he decides that he's going to fight him. He's talking to... I don't know who he's talking to. Or he's talking to his wife. He's like, I want to fight him. He talks to his wife, but then I guess he gathers up his gang, who I, get, I thought were cops. Like, at... At his, I guess, his auto body shop. Like, he has this big meeting, and then the, uh, the bad guy. How do you say his name? Conejo. Conejo shows up. Oh, with right. His he crew. says, I want to fight them. And so he gets together Shia, and he gets together, like, the other heads of his crew. And I got to tell you, his crew sucks. <laughs> his crew. Like, they're the worst because they get taken out quick. His and crew, then he's like, Well, his crew is oh. also like, his crew is also like, Yeah, just go hide. they're like sitting back feet up like what you know like eh, no rush no who cares if our business is under attack their their whole livelihood and their family and their lives are all at stake from this rival gang and they're like yeah you've got a family so go hide which is like not what the leader of the organization would probably do (laughs) you know what middle management maybe but you're like my my life's not worth this job. But you know. okay, so but then they cut back and forth during this meeting. There's this montage going on, and Conejo is having human sacrifices. What the? F- okay, mm. I get the chicken thing. Okay, I mean you want to do some kind of ritual, There's some voodoo, like so. I right. get it. Kill like, the you chicken know. and then make chicken wings afterwards. Whatever you know, Ooh, don't waste tasty. don't waste the animal. Right? Do your <laughs> do your ritual. Eat eat it. Okay. But then after he does a ritual with a chicken, why does he then have to go do a ritual with a human? And she seemed like chill with it. Yeah, she was like, yeah, man, whatever. She, 
I mean, yeah, I'm not writing the movie for her. I'm not giving them any breaks. I'm sorry. That's not good. I was going to be like, well, maybe she's this or that, but no. Uh, yeah, so they bring in, like, this naked young woman. Sorry, reviewer. Uh, you know, she's probably of age for this movie. Um <laughs> And slits her throat, and like he bathes in her blood. But that's not before his assistant. I think I'm. I'm presuming it's the female creeper, but it could really be anyone. Is in a bodysuit that matches the wallpaper or something. Oh, and like no, that was body paint. But she she steps away from the wall design <laughs> and is painted like the like. Okay, I get it. You want some cool visuals in your movie, but why on what earth? What are we doing? <laughs> yes, I, it was so weird. Like, it didn't make any sense. She no, steps it made, away. It made zero sense. And she walks away from the wall because it looks cool, I guess. And then she has this woman, and they, they kill her for this sacrifice. And like you said, he he bathes in her blood, and it's like, what are we doing here? I guess I guess that was supposed to give him power to take over the rival gang or something. It was just... Sure, sure. We'll say that. That's fine. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. just... It, it, it was... It, it was something. So, like I said, I feel like David Ayer is tr- is trying really, really hard to be cool and edgy, and I just feel like there. We talk about End of Watch, and that is a very cool movie. Like Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Michael Pena, Michael Pena are just very cool in that movie, and you believe them, you know. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's just like I don't believe any of you. So David, David seems like a punk. Right. Like, I don't believe him. I believe Shia LaBeouf. I believe Shia LaBeouf as, like, the silent killer. because well, he's a really good actor. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, Bobby yeah. Soto, I'm sorry. I don't know. Was he on Was he on something? I don't know him. I, I really don't know okay. him. But, like, it's he's the main character of this movie, and he just can't carry it. And I'm not saying he's working with the best material, but you're right. He, he doesn't have it. That's, unfortunately, he just doesn't make the character interesting he can't save this movie he he just seems i don't know he just has this meekness about him place. yeah it, he, he doesn't seems like too he's he's too pretty the first photo that pops up isn't being this pretty boy like but okay so just to that look at james con yeah right look at james con in that movie like he's a good looking dude yeah but you believe that that sunny is a stone cold killer yeah right like you believe that that james con will snap will smash your face in Mm. and doesn't care yeah right and this one you're just like i mean i could probably get in bobby soto's face yeah not not in real life bobby soto i know you're listening i'm not <laughs> saying i'm gonna get in your face i'm just saying yeah. just tell him that your daughter has leukemia and you'll be good <laughs> yeah right right but he i you know and, and maybe it's because they were trying to go with that that gangster with a heart of gold thing but it just didn't make sense for that line of work they either needed to show the conflict like i'm in this business and i don't want to be and that's why i have the heart of gold or I'm in this business, I'm the second in command, and I'm a ruthless killer. And I don't, my guess is that David Ayer wanted you, because they're all bad guys, like, let's not be mistaken, everyone in this movie is a bad guy. They're drug dealers, they're killers, they're they're bad. Yeah, so they're all bad guys. And I guess that David Ayer, he has to give you a reason to root for the protagonist and, and be better than Conejo. So these little things that they give you these little morsels of him being good and and not killing people when he should is to get you to be on his side but at the end of the day they're all bad and bobby soto doesn't sell it enough to where you believe he's capable you you need to you need to have something that will make you a sympathetic person when you are not yeah like and nobody in the and I don't think Creeper's not supposed to be that person. No. That's not supposed to they, right. But it's it's David. But like, I would rather watch his movie. Totally. Totally. And I mean I think that's the difference too between 
and you know an actor even a good actor and mm-hmm. a movie star right yeah like Kyle LaBeouf is a movie star and and even though he's the the worst of the two theoretically like I was more engaged by him and more and wanted to see I wanted to see his his movie right. and his story. so right. so back to this meeting uh Conejo after his sacrifice rituals and all that stuff he gets his guys together and there's they just yeah this this part, sorry, I had to sneak out. Yeah. Like, this is where the movie goes from boring <laughs> to stupid. <laughs> yep, yep, that's what we said. <laughs> when, I, when I was like, what? We're doing human sacrifice? Like, that's dumb. Yeah, we... Like, especially when, like, then this, and this the girl they're sacrificing is totally down for it. And then... And then you have the, the, the late, and I'm sorry if I'm rehashing stuff. You already oh, no, know. please no, go no, for please it. Do. This is interesting. The lady, <laughs> the lady with the paint, like uh, that skin in the background, hiding from who? Who is she hiding from? Is she hiding from the person that's about to commit the human sacrifice? Or is she hiding from the person who's willingly let them sacrifice herself? Like that is only there because they thought it looked cool for the audience. Like it served not one effing purpose other than they thought it looked Nifty. This is an interesting and, conversation, yep. Tom. I will say the uh, the audience will enjoy this because we just said the exact same thing. <laughs> okay, sorry. My wife's doing a marathon on no, the no. bread. And she's like, I need my orange slices. No, no, no. I, it, I think it just shows that we haven't talked about this movie and we're coming no. to it for the ex- <laughs> from the exact same standpoint. So it's just funny. We wanted to let you see if you would say the exact same thing. So, okay, so they do the sacrifice and they come to the auto body shop, which is like the front for David's organization. And they, all Conejo's guys get out of the van with, you know, rifle machine guns or whatever. And they shoot up the place and they like basically kill everyone except for David and yeah. creepers injured. Yeah. He creeper gets taken, but they creeper gets uh kidnapped basically creep napped and David gets a, he creep napped. Uh, David gets away. He runs to tell his wife. He says, we got to get, get the kids, get out of here. Uh, okay, so they just they just walk into the school all bloodied and crazy. Both of them. Well, no, she. So oh, I, no, she's not. But but he he's all bloody yeah. and crazy looking, and he just walks into the school, no problems. Pulls them out. Okay, every parent knows there's a sign out sheet. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. There's also I gotta tell you, my kids' school have buzzers. You gotta get like, buzzed I, in. Yeah, yeah. You don't get. You don't just get to walk into and the school. <laughs> my kids' school has buzzers too, and I mean, and, and like you live in the city, and I live in like suburbia, right. and I have to get <laughs> same, same. Yeah, exactly. And and you certainly do not get buzzed in when you look like Bobby <laughs> Soda with blood all over your I face. I would hope that my kids' South principal Central. would be like, um, you can't come yeah. in. So I think that's funny though. But his parents were all like, uh, yeah, BS. You cannot <laughs> walk into a school like that and take the kids. Like, there's not my one. kid can't take ibuprofen to school. <laughs> <laughs> like, so they pull they pull the kids out of school somehow, and they put the wife up at a hotel, and he's like, "Get all your stuff together, get the kids. I'm gonna go take care of whatever business I have to." And so uh, she's supposed to be calling her sister, who we've seen earlier in the movie. Doesn't matter who is that. So her sister looks her si- familiar. Her sister, well, one of them. I could I didn't really understand the whole family dynamic, but one of them is uh, plays a character on Once Upon a Time. She plays the evil queen Regina uh, from okay. that ABC I've seen show. Bits and pieces of that show, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Okay, um, and she was in Lost for like a episode or two but she's 
she's an actress that you've seen. Um, but she, yeah, she's supposed to call her sister. She's a journeyman actress. Yes. And yeah. she's she, she's supposed to come and get the kids so they'd be safe. And then whatever, David and his... So basically he runs, gets his money, comes back, and he can't find his wife. Oh, they do? Okay. Were they not ripping off John Wick here? Come on. Oh, they absolutely were. Where he's digging up the money? I mean, the slow motion, yeah. like the, you know... So Okay, so here's what I will say. If this movie was that movie... If this if this scene was a reflection of the entire movie, I probably wouldn't have had a bigger problem with it. When John Wick, his his dog is killed. Spoilers for John Wick, but his dog is killed. Just one, not two. And or these guys four, are coming for him, and he's retired. But he comes out of retirement because the only thing left in the world that he loves has been taken from him. In the way that it is, he comes out of retirement, he busts up his floor, gets his guns, gets his money, and he goes back into this this life, in this lived-in world. We've all talked about it. We love the way that John Wick does the world building. And then that moment where he decides to go back into the, the life that he's left, like that is a great moment. And oh, yeah. it, it's earned its slow motion and him sweating while he's digging up, sledgehammering the floor and all that. But in this movie, you get to it, and it's so clearly the same scene, but not earned. Honestly, I thought from like the opening credits of this movie, I thought that's what we were going to end up doing was like the is that he put uh, his guns up, the drug cartel version of John Wick. Not that he had put his guns up, but I thought it was going to be like a a a gang version of of John Wick. And wasn't was, isn't that the deal in the realized and very like unrealistic but that's okay you know is there the thing in the rundown i was uh, where he won't touch a gun because he knows what he can do with a gun that's kind of where i thought we were going because like you never see him have a gun and yeah. then all of a sudden it's because he doesn't trust himself with it or he's too good he's mm-hmm. too good with the guns and then he picks him up and it's like oh we're gonna kill it and then we get to that scene where they so basically his entire gang is dead he realizes he's on his own he so he goes back to the bloods and the bloods immediately are like yeah, we'll help you. And then the, the leader's like, some of you are going to die. And if I were in that gang, I'd be like, why? Yeah, but they're like, they're like family. He's like, no, this we're not. This speech this guy gives where he's like, a lot of us have effed up past. I'm like, I think you have effed up presents. Like you're, <laughs> you're going to have effed up futures. You're in, you're in the bloods. Like that. you're right. So the, the leader gives this huge speech and the whole, yeah, the whole, like, we could... the reason why they volunteer is to wash away their past. He says, this, right. this is our nope. chance to, and it's like, you're going to wash away your past. Cause you're all going to die. <laughs> but like, that's how you're going to, but you're right. Your it's past. like, there is no, what, like you're, you're gang members. What? Yeah, what? Right. yeah. That's not a thing. So they, they bust, they, you know, he's like, let's go get this guy's kids. Well, but, but okay. But meanwhile, but he doesn't go to them yet though, because, because he has he to go goes after his he has wife to go pick up the wife and he goes yeah. into the hotel room and I'm sorry one of the things I hate in movies I'm not sorry one of the things I hate in <laughs> movies is peripheral vision doesn't exist at all they're in a hotel room he he, He walks in he had to trip over he walks in and turns left like a 90 degree angle without (laughs) looking to the right you're perfect okay that's not how peripheral version works you walk into a room and you get a nice 180 degree view (laughs) of you know the hotel room you're not you know and she's just like to the why he had to give up his boxing (laughs) (laughs) but so his wife is dead on the floor to the right he turns left 90 degrees goes to the bathroom and then only sees in the mirror directly behind him you know oh see i is that what it was? Yeah. So I, I was I was 
boxing some stuff up, and I thought he had seen blood under no, the sink. No, he looks in the mirror, and directly behind him, because remember, he took the hard 90 left, <laughs> so sure. directly behind him would have been the wife that he missed, and anyway, it's just so stupid, but he holds her, and God, the slow motion bathtub it's scene, bad. I'm going to clean you bad. up, and all that. If you cared about these characters, it might be one thing, but it was so bad in this movie. It was yeah. laughably so bad. This, this is where he yeah. goes to the Bloods, yeah. and they're like, let's go get this guy's kids, who I have no emotional attachment to whatsoever. Uh, and then they gotta, they gotta get a clean slate so they can start doing other bad crap. Joe. Sure. Yeah. Right. And we do, well, we do say that when he picks up the wife, uh, Conejo shows him like a, a the worst version of FaceTime, <laughs> uh, of him like stomping and killing creeper. Basically. Oh, that's right. And, like who's holding the phone? Who's holding like, the phone? They, like they show him like they, when they show it on, on, uh, on David's phone, you see Conejo holding the phone. Right. When you go back, but then when you cut to the film's the perspective, he's not holding a phone. He's no. got a selfie stick, Tom. He impaled Creeper on a selfie. <laughs> but yeah, that's where you lose Creeper, the best character in this movie. And I don't mean because he's a good person, but he's actually an interesting character. Right. And so that sets David off like, you know, he's really the only person aside from his wife and kids that he cares about is Creeper. And and now he's dead. And Kuneho is like, I'll kill anyone. I'll kill everyone you love. And uh, that sets him off. Yeah. So he kills his wife. Uh, and then they decide this is where so they get the bloods here and they go after the kids uh, and then which comes into the most anticlimactic scene i mean yes there is completely there is the one scene where like you said the speed up slow motion they bust into a room and it's speed up slow down and it was like pretty decent cgi blood and yeah no it, it was it was a cool scene but the only means of that scene is to they don't kill one guy they kidnap him and you know only leave him barely alive and then they take him into their van and are interrogating him they put him outside the van like scrape his face up and he turns into two face like half his face is missing <laughs> yeah. and they're like tell me where i my- like that scene. yeah tell me where my kids are and they're like it's in the phone and then he looks he, like he unlocks the phone and then the address is in the phone because like i don't know they don't really explain it but somehow the address is there it's terrible and then they go there and it's like the kids are just chilling with conejo's grandma so here's <laughs> would have been a great scene they they take the guy's face right and they scrape it along the ground to get him to tell him everything and then they pull him up and they have him unlock his phone but it uses facial recognition uh, that would be kind of fun but like they right? he couldn't like, unlock it because half his face is <laughs> half right. his face is gone <laughs> well what i was thinking what's your passcode well, he, just give it the passcode well, here's code. the deal uh, to a similar line of thought what i had was they killed this guy like they scraped his face up they have him unlock his phone and then i think they kill him or throw him out of the vehicle or something and they're like yeah here's the address but you know as soon as you as soon as that phone screen turns off is locked again like yeah, they better right. memorize that address <laughs> right. you have to you have to turn off the like the shut off the auto lock because once he's gone the phone's locked and you can't get back in it i'm thinking i don't know it's, <laughs> it's one of those practical things where yes we're thinking too much into it but still they don't address like did they did he didn't say the address out loud or anything he's just like i got the address and then right. they never addressed again you're like oh i hope that doesn't lock again i hope it does so they go there and they're like and the, the bloods are like Oh, no one's here. It's just Conejo's grandma, and they the kids are fine. So totally anticlimactic. The only mm-hmm. action scene that the entire Bloods do the whole the whole thing about getting them came down to one scene where they get a guy to interrogate, and then That's and it. then they're gone. Like the head of the Bloods is like, 
I'm going to ride with you. But like what I was thinking was it doesn't take four or five of them to make sure the kids are safe. Maybe we could get those that gang to come with us. Like, (laughs) call me crazy. They don't don't address it. Like they take the kids to safety. They're like, your kids are safe. I bet my life on it, whatever. And then the whole gang disappears. Yep. Well, I mean, a lot of people don't realize a lot of the uh, daycare services that provide. (laughs) And I was glad to see a movie finally. Letting them shine, giving them that moment to shine. People don't like to talk about that. Right? Did you find that no. on David Ayer's LinkedIn? Yeah, totally. I did. It <laughs> talks all about how they run, they provide daycare services so, in South Central. So I, I just thought, how stupid is that? That he goes and gets this whole crew together to go ride or die with him to get his kids back and and do all this stuff, and then they have that one scene where they take out four people and then they leave with the kids, like. And and yeah. they're like now All right, let's go take on Conejo's whole organization with the two guys. It, it was just <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. So just to wrap this up, basically the David comes out on top. He does what he has to do. So David's like in a Tom Clancy novel where he's now like a secret agent. Now he's on the run. Well, no, da- David. On, David busts into Conejo's whole organization, and he's like, like, like tom clancy splinter cell stealthing like killing uh, crew guys like there's all these guards around and he's like oh, going from behind right, and right. putting yeah, in the yeah, sleeper yeah. holds and choking them with their machine gun straps funny. And... it's funny like we we see him doing jujitsu and he sucks right like he's getting tapped out constantly but did you ever think that the... he was some kind of stealth operative no the... it, no it made no sense so none whatsoever so he takes all these guys out that are on patrol like he's in metal gear solid or something and then <laughs> and then uh it ends up that the the leader of the bloods that's with him he gets held at gunpoint by i think the female creeper i conejo has all female guards so they it was yes. kind of like unclear as to which was which because they kept changing outfits and it was just confusing but body paint they were all badass female guards so i think it was the female creeper that then gets into a fight with the leader of the bloods and he uh he ends up killing her uh, meanwhile david goes inside and he's got conejo and his other female bodyguards dead to rights he's looking at him through a window mm-hmm. he's stolen a machine gun that he's taken off of the the guards outside and instead of like just shooting them dead to rights through the window, he does the stupid thing where he like kicks the door in, <laughs> giving them giving them time to grab their machine guns, uh, completely announcing himself yeah. to making the entire room. I'm like, you have a window; they're right there watching TV. I I, just, I hate that thing. It's, it's game over. It's, That's all you got to do. So stupid. Yeah, shoot him through the window. I don't care. You know, whatever. So they get into this big scuffle, and like the big climax of the movie is that Conejo and David fight in the bathroom, and they. Like take off mm-hmm. the lid to a toilet and hit each other with Which it. We've seen a million times, right? And uh, wasn't didn't they do that in Safe House? Isn't that the big fight scene in Safe House? Which is a like a super underrated movie. Like that's a very fun movie. I like Safe House. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan, yeah. Ryan Reynolds, and Joel Kinnaman have that amazing like fight sequence that's going throughout this entire house, and I'm pretty sure somebody gets hit with. Oh, here's the thing: you get hit with a porcelain top of uh, oh you're of dead toilet you're dead so so like one shot to the head yeah so dead. Conejo hits David yeah and then David's like passed out not dead but then he just is like doing that thing where he's like oh heavy breathing I'm so tired like that will take care of him and you know it's so <laughs> stupid and then it's also double tap yeah but, but right like if zombie land is how it's anything double right tap. but somehow Conejo I mean David is not dead for being hit with that toilet and then I don't even remember the climax he kills him he smashes him in the head 
Like that's the other the, thing is he, he takes like half of the. Oh, he picks up the pieces and then, he yeah. picks up the other half and just smashes. So it him works in the head, when yeah. David hits Kaneho. Correct. But, uh, so maybe Kaneho isn't as strong as David. Thing, I thought he used oh, a piece he? of the, the the toilet lid, but I don't know. Either way, they started with the toilet lid. I oh, he picks up the sink and okay. The sink, yeah. Oh, I remember okay, thinking that okay. it was like it's everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that's it. so yeah. So he goes on the run. He gets on the phone with his shocking his dad, and his dad's like, "Now you're just like me." And I was like, "But they make it like a big reveal where Wizards like, I'm sorry you had to go through this, but I- this reveal when they because they've been hiding, hiding. like the face of, of Wizard the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like with all due respect, if the big reveal to your stunt casting, is Jimmy, Jimmy Smith's, Smith. yeah, like is that who that was? Yeah, yeah. like okay. And I mean, Jimmy Smith is a good actor. Like, I, I'm not even trying to bag on him, but I'm, it's not like all of a sudden, you know, it's not like when, when, you know, I don't know, when Seven showed us uh, Kevin Spacey. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, really? That's... Or when the usual suspects showed us Kevin Spacey. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but it was just, that's, that's what we get. We get it had no impact on me whatsoever. And I I mean, I don't know. Maybe there is that 90s Jimmy Smith audience that was like, whoa. But yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it was even Jimmy Smith. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. It was lost yeah. on me to where I'm like, huh? Okay. But, but, but they do the double reveal. It's like stunt casting and the whole time he's like, I'm sorry you went through this and I know you sacrificed a lot, but I did it for you. And now you've proven yourself. And, and of course, he's finally talking to him, which he just hangs up the phone earlier like he won't talk to him and then he's like good job miho and then it's like spanish like sub subtitles son yeah. well then he says it again in, in in english for the people who don't like it. <laughs> right yeah he says it again yeah just and to so, be clear i am calling you my biological <laughs> yeah. and now i love you that's yeah. just the worst when they set up i, I expect them to start playing cats in the cradle at the end of this yeah like, that's, <laughs> uh... Well, pretty much, and so I mean, just like me. <laughs> but he, but he hangs up on Wizard, right? Because he's like, "I'm done with this." He doesn't want any part of it, right? Right. Like he's wearing his hoodie up, looking like a, you know, like a Splinter Cell knockoff, and then he hang he he closes his phone. Yeah, and that's the way this movie ends. Literally, yeah. that's how. It, and then it credits. And then credits. Yeah. These credit sequences, the They're opening, terrible. the opening that you mentioned, and the closing terrible terrible sequences there's yeah it's absolutely terrible there's this i you know i was when we when i was told that we were doing this i was like oh god please don't let this be one of those 30 dollar early access i was like seven bucks (laughs) all right no based seven bucks to rent i'm like i could i could tell from jump street like i'm never gonna watch this again sometimes i'm like i buy it and i was like i'm renting it you get my seven bucks yeah totally because because it's only 15 to own it's a new release they didn't even do the like premium rental it's no it's regular rental 15 to own not even 20 so i questioned it and based on everything that i heard about it i'm like yeah i'm not buying this movie nope and we made the right it's it's a totally totally forgettable movie like i said i don't think it's it's not good by any means but it's not as i don't think it's as bad as what people are saying but it's pretty mediocre it's aggressively mediocre (laughs) nothing i would ever watch again no, totally, yeah. no, no, not at all. So there you go. Don't don't do it. Well, awesome. Well, go watch uh, Fury or End of Watch or uh, if you Training haven't seen, Day. I bet you End of Watch is the one that people haven't seen. End of Watch is really good. It is so good, and mm-hmm. they they play two cops. And I think that you know, in this climate, I know that that might sound a little 
suspect, but they're not bad cops. They're good. No, cops. no. They're, yeah, and, they're, they're good cops. And uh, it's a really, really good movie. That's the movie where, I, you know, I saw David Ayer going from writing Training Day to writing and directing that. And I'm like, holy crap, this dude, mm-hmm. I mean, makes some good movies. And a little trivia, this movie actually is a part of uh, the same universe as Training Day and his other L.A. street crime. Oh, can we not get an Ayers verse? It, it is, though. It's part of, um, what's that movie, High crimes with High crimes? Uh, christian bale yeah. that's all the same stuff it's it's part it's all the same universe gross <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, str- uh harsh times sorry harsh times with christian bale there's something nobody cares about yeah yeah True. so for for what it's worth no it's worth nothing <laughs> well i guess uh i guess that's it for this one let's uh go around the virtual table and everyone can say where to find this is joe you can follow me on the twitter at joey butts b-u-t-t-s 21 this is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. Uh, while you're there, like the page, join the group. And, of course, wherever you get your podcast from, be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And and our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers, five bucks a month. Uh, you help us out, and you get all sorts of bonus content, and we like you a little bit extra. And you uh, you're funding the new computer. That we're getting. Yay! So we can keep doing the show. Yeah. We appreciate it. <laughs> so thank you very much once again. So, anyway, that's it for this one. Coming up next time, I don't know, episode 600. So, whatever Big that surprise. Whatever that means. So, uh, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Earl goes to Mary's funeral. He's following you about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife, it's Shia LaBeouf. Lurking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf. Living in the woods, Shia LaBeouf. Killing for sport, Shia LaBeouf. Eating all the bodies. Actual cannibals. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.